recorded this week's intro, but we just saw this morning that we're number one on the chart. So number one comedy podcast. Thank you so much. We're top ten overall, and it's all because of you. Thank you so much for spreading the word. I know that was difficult to let the secret out, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, this is so cool. Keep spreading the word. Keep fucking. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. <laughs> I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Hey, fuckers, welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked, it's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Welcome. Thanks for being here, (laughs) you you, you little rascals. Great job. Uh, We have a lot of new listeners. Yay, thank you. Welcome. Thank you, new listeners. Um, Hit subscribe. Oh, yeah, hit subscribe on SoundCloud and and iTunes and stuff. Just because it would be, like, really fun to, like, hit a million listeners. (laughs) Yeah, that would be fun. Just, like, we don't Um, have, I don't have, like, that many bright points in my day. Like, heads up, a lot of new listeners probably can't tell us apart and if you've been a listener for a while sorry we're gonna go over it. i'm the one who does christina the funny voices <laughs> hi guys hi guys i'm christina that's me and i'm corinne the one who's obviously from new jersey uh <laughs> and has a very macabre outlook on life macabre mm-hmm. what's that it's like dark oh god there's so many words i don't know macabre i use words wrong all the time dark and i gotta I, work on that macabre means like of or relating to death, like the macabre. Oh. It's used around Halloween a lot, but I like to keep it out year round. <laughs> I'm so excited for Halloween. P.S. <laughs> P.S. Guys, uh, follow us on social media. We're SRY about last NYT on Twitter. I'm Philanthropy Gal. I'm Christina Hutch, and those are the same handles on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry about uh, Facebook.com slash sorry about last night. Yeah, and Connect on Instagram, us. we're sorry about last night spelled out the whole yeah. way because Instagram gave us more freedom, and we, we said we're going to take that and we're freedom. Gonna, we post a lot of funny shit, so you yeah. are so messing up. Do it. It's really fun. That's how you can find out about our shows. Oh, speaking, speaking of, of which, shit, good lead-in. Um, it's a hot week for shows. Uh, September is great. Uh, Wednesday, September 23rd, The Comedian Project debuts as a stand-up show. Uh, that's the show that I did in Fringe with Katie Hannigan. It's 9 p.m. Wednesday, September 23rd at The Standing Room in Long Island City. Uh, Christina will be on the there, guys. debut show gonna be awesome you just gotta take the seven train one stop in it's super easy they have amazing drinks uh tickets are ten dollars but they're only five dollars if you use the code sex oh and the show is about not sex not How relationships ironic. not dicks or vaginas it's gonna be great then that friday september 25th uh 9 p.m at new york comedy club blair saki and i host nacho bitches my birthday edition those tickets are ten dollars when you use the code nacho gonna be a great night tuesday september 29th get your ass over to zinc bar 82 west 3rd street because wendy starling and i are hosting an evening with comedy at 7 30 p.m we'll post the link um we're really excited guys are really funny comedians come see us live it's gonna be a blast really make us feel good yes please. um we've been getting a lot of great emails as per usual and i read this email that i'm about to read we just got it last night i read it and i laughed my ass off um, the subject line is, why dicks are scary? <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I was like, I'm listening. So it's like a fourth grader's report. Dicks are scary. <laughs> dicks are scary. Uh, and if you want to email us your thoughts on dicks or, you know, anything, really, and as long as it's interesting, um, sorry about last night yeah. show at gmail.com. Don't bore us. That's yeah. the worst thing you could do. Just don't make me go. <laughs> I'm like, why did I waste three seconds? You know, this is the digital age. Every second counts. Uh, Hey, ladies, I'll start off by saying I absolutely love your podcast. It is hilarious. I feel like it's helped me so much be so much more honest and open about sex in general, and it's very gratifying. Also, you should know, I just smoked a fat joint, so I'm pretty high. That's where you had Christina's attention. I was like, yeah, baby. (laughs) Smoke that, Jay. Which is probably why I came up with this idea and why I thought it was appropriate to email you. Oh, boy. This really has come down to my theory as to why dicks are scary. They're, like, usually a different color than the rest of his skin. And that's weird to me. It looks so out of place. Don't get me wrong. I would love a good naked man. But dicks will always be weird weird me out with their bizarre coloring and shape. This is something I perhaps just need to... Be prepared to just overcome. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Have a lovely day. Keep being amazing. Can't wait to hear your next show. <laughs> I just got a fucking kick out of that. Dicks to me are just like a shiny little trophy. See, but especially how, when it gets hard. How I'm like, old is that person? Did that person say? say? Because I was like, dicks, dicks as just to look at a dick before you are familiar with what they can do, how they can make you feel all that. The potential of a dick. Yeah, just looking at it. Dicks are scary. I never dicks were scary. I definitely fucking thought they were scary. I'm just like, look at that smooth little thing no, that I want to be like around. No, it's like hanging and, it's, and when it's little and when it's not erect, it looks like a fucking shit show. Oh, I love playing with oh, flaccid penises. Uh, uh, I love it. It's I like, never, oh, a little. I never want to see a flaccid penis. I, I don't mind it. It's not aesthetically pleasing and it's just a reminder that I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> It's all about me, baby. If your dick is flaccid, uh, so I'm not doing something right. Which, you know, tends to be true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're not wrong. If it's out and it's flaccid, like if you're, yeah, I don't expect your dick to be erect when it's in the pants. Yeah, because that's rude. I mean, come on, It's man. sleeping. It's in its little <sighs> shell. But you don't want to see it when it's in its shell. No. That's like seeing a snail outside of its shell. You're like, that's not meant to be seen. No, it looks naked. Yeah. I love a, I love a flaccid penis and I love a hard penis. I mean, I love hard penis more. But come on. Right. Well, you penis, know, penis, 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 penis. <laughs> but the thing is, the different—if you actually—if you open up your pussy and you look in, that's also a different color because yeah. because a, a penis it's genitalia, dude. I feel it's different like colors. A penis is a, a hot dog, and a vagina is baloney. Is the oh, I was gonna say the bun. A hot dog is just rolled up baloney Pe- that that's heated up. People don't really think about heated that. up. <laughs> that's what a hot dog is. It's it's baloney oh. that's rolled up and heated. And I mean, that's, that's why I don't eat hot dogs. It's the same. It's the same thing. Oh. So and so, like a pussy is just kind of a like a, if you cut a hot dog in half and flipped it back. That's a vagina. They're really they're they're doing the same jobs, right? Just one's entering and one's holding. And do you think that why that's why women are socially just repressed for a really long time is because they get inserted into? I, I thought mean, about that once when I was high. I, I was like, maybe that's why. Well, did it, maybe it's because we pee, we sit down when we pee, so we're considered like the submissive gender. Well, I think that's it, bullshit. You but told I just me that, that Dan Savage talked about like how women are con- like being entered. Oh like, yeah. Well, when he talked about that, I was like, thank you so much right. for for putting it that way because it's like, like it's very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. We're that we're getting yeah getting entered. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different than entering. Yeah. If that's, someone did that to your house, you'd you'd call the cops. Yeah. But, but people if you do did it to your pussy, and you're like, like, I guess I have a boyfriend. Like yeah. <laughs> 
Are you my boyfriend? <laughs> that would be a great children's book. <laughs> I mean, are you my boyfriend? I mean, maybe one that's like like presented Older. as a children's book, but like in Spencer's gifts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like an adult children's yeah, book. Yeah, it's like Good Night Moon, but it's like Hello amp- Dick. Amped up. Amp- yeah. Welcome Dick. Yeah, there you go. Welcome home, Dick. That's copyright. Sorry about last night. And then when he enters you, you'll be like, You're mine forever. <laughs> if there's oh, any what's that? What? Dude. What? I thought about a new, I mean, this isn't like a revolutionary idea, but like a new, I've been getting catcalled lately and it's really pissing me off because I, I wait, lately, like it's just started because I'm working. There's a construction zone now where I'm working and that's fucking, that's where, that's where it happens. And well, this, you you get catcalled by white people. That doesn't happen to me. Oh yeah. I I mean, you know, I'm, but sometimes, cause you've been with me when I've gotten cat call before and I'm like, Hey sir, that's not nice. Right. Right. We've gotten into altercations. A lot of altercations. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm just not going to stand there and be silent. And Christina, shut up. It'll go way better if you just don't talk. And it's true. It it doesn't escalate anything, but I'm like, what if, and I feel like so many comedians have made jokes about this. So I'm not trying to be original here, but like, (laughs) what if you like came back at them with like, I want to have your babies. And just like got real clingy with them. I think that would stop. Yeah, try it. I'm going to try it. I'll report back. Yeah. I'm going to go be at the beach for a week, but I'll report back. Well, I think it's I think it's kind of like two wild and crazy guys the sketch <laughs> on SNL because it's like any time they actually got a girl who was into them, they got scared. Right. So it's very similar to so that. So you're like, do you marry me? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, they're they just like, they're playing the game. They don't actually want What if I just knelt commitment? down on one knee the second I got cat called? I'd be like, you? Are you the one? Yeah. You're the one. <laughs> What's your name? I love you. Is that weird? I don't care. <gasps> that'll really freak them out. And then they'll be like, that'll teach you, dickhead. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Got a new method up my sleeve. Thanks, guys. And on that note, uh, this next email is entitled, Deep Shit Advice Needed. You had me at shit i don't know <laughs> hey guys i'm yeah, fa- deep <laughs> i'm fairly new to your podcast but i kind of binge listened to a lot of your content in the course of a week haha ha. that happens a lot a lot of binge list i'm glad i'm glad we're uh, making we're addicts yeah. <laughs> making addicts out of you huh? <laughs> i got to the one where you guys talked to troy allen who had a pedophile father. I could kind of relate to this, and it hit me pretty hard. I know this isn't a sexy topic, but I would really like to hear what you guys think. So basically, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm 20 years old, and I'm in a serious relationship, and I love my boyfriend very much. I grew up in a pretty small town, and my parents had a group of friends that they were really close with, and I was close with their kids as well. So let me break this down, and hopefully I don't lose you. There was this guy, let's call him David. David was single, probably in his mid-30s when this happened, and was really good friends with my dad but also happened to be my best friend's uncle that sounds always weird. watch the out for uncle. the uncle why is the uncle always, always the monster watch out uh he seems like a decent guy from afar oof yeah that's where you that's where uh, i was like uh-oh <laughs> when i was in kindergarten my mother would invite him over for dinner a lot since him and my dad were close that also was weird i was like what's your what's your mom doing with david uh my parents so <laughs> both thought he was a good guy but what they didn't know is that he was molesting me <sighs> That's a curveball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was five, and so ah! like, so like oh, molesting s- and pedophilia all in one. Yeah, yeah. I was five, and this man would pull me into a corner when my parents weren't around, and also like, how are you gone that long from the room? Uh, 
both of you? Uh, I was don't victim blame. <laughs> I was five, and this well, they're not the victim; they're just the parents. Yeah, I was five, and this man would pull me into a corner when my parents weren't around, and would kiss me and Ooh, touch me vigorously. Five. I remember this all vividly, but I remember that I didn't understand what was happening. He would tell me not to tell anyone. Classic oh. pedophile, and that this was our secret. And he would even buy me little gifts. Uh, so I hope LA Fitness is fucking listening and give them to me without my parents knowing. Like a little teddy bear and a tape recorder and shit like that. Tape recorder? But it's also like, aren't your parents are like, hey, five-year-old, where'd that tape recorder You know, I buy all your stuff, and uh, I don't remember buying any of that shit. Um, You seem to have opened an F.A.O. Schwartz in your room. Uh, He stopped doing this when I was about eight or nine. I don't know how this went on for so long. I was so ashamed. I felt like it was my fault that he was doing this, and I couldn't stop him in any way. He never raped me, but, uh, but everything else... He did was pretty bad. Okay, those words. Yeah, yeah. Especially since I was so young. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> David ended up marrying my cousin. Ah! Yeah, insane. Woo! I know. You didn't even need to write that. We just figured that oh, out ourselves. Fuck. And they now have three kids. Oh, fuck. I know my cousin is really unhappy with her marriage. That part oh. made me laugh, I'm going to say. <laughs> with her marriage. I fucking hope so. <laughs> And has talked about getting a divorce. I see David regularly since Uh. him and my dad are still good friends and he's married into my family now. And I always act like nothing ever happened because Uh. I never knew how to act around him. Even though I act fake nice, I get an awful feeling in my stomach and I want to punch him in the fucking face. That's valid. It's not fair that he got away with doing what he did to me, but it almost feels like it's too late to do anything about this. It's been years. He's married to my cousin. He's my best friend's uncle. And he's... Friends with my dad. Oh, fuck. What he did to me affected me obviously when I was growing up. It was always just in the back of my mind and it was almost like a nightmare I never wanted to think about, uh, but somehow still did. I was always scared that I would end up in a situation with a boy where he would do something that I wouldn't want. Eventually I toughened up and maybe I did a little too much because it led me to be a kind of emotionless uh, and also kind of a bitch to most guys until I met my current boyfriend. It was just really hard for me to trust someone and still is. I never told anyone about this. I'm actually writing this to you guys and crying a little. Well, it's cathartic. I think I'm over what he did. I just wish I would have told someone to stop him when it was happening. Well, you were very so young. young. How would you know? No way you could have known. Since things are pretty serious with my boyfriend, he knows pretty much everyone in my life, David included. He also thinks he's a decent guy, which kills me. Uh. I feel like I should tell my boyfriend since we're honest with each other but I can't bring myself to do it and it would completely destroy my parents so I can't ever tell them what do you guys think I should do even though David did hurt uh, did hurt me physically and emotionally as a child I'm clearly okay now and stable and I somehow managed to get through that by myself I just feel like if I tell anyone now, it seems like I'm just calling for attention, especially since there's nothing that that can really be done at this point. He's a repulsive excuse for a human being, and I wish I could yell at him for doing what he did to me as a child because it's just not fair. I could honestly talk about this for hours since that's just a lot that happened, and I went through so much, but I apologize for the lengthy email. No apology Don't apologize. Honestly, it wasn't even that long. No. Uh, Even though I'm a new listener, I already love you guys so much, and your show is extremely helpful, and you two have to be the funniest women ever well. <laughs> well I mean uh, I hope I can get the pleasure of meeting you guys someday and then she sends some pictures it's yours and super attractive oh you're so hot dear lord um, now this okay let's chat 
You know how when people uh, in the news, you hear so-and-so was molesting or raping somebody and it uh-huh. was years later and uh-huh. you get those fucking people who the first thing out of their fucking mouth is, why did they wait so long? Right. You know the kind of emotional weight mm-hmm. that has to be? Mm-hmm. To this, this girl, it's going to affect a lot of people mm-hmm. this this news mm-hmm. right if it was mm-hmm. if everybody was to be made aware of it mm-hmm. and 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 it's not fucking fair that she has had this horrible thing happen to her and now she has to carry the burden of like if i tell people am i damn you know what i mean like that well, exactly exactly because oh, it's, it's such bullshit in this victim thing you it's like it's like you're always putting your emotions last because it's like no the bad thing fucking happened to you and that's fine it's fine to say hey something bad happened to me over here i don't know why we think it's not it's okay almost, yeah we're almost so or we anti- think it's selfish or whatever I it's don't get, not yeah no but it's society doesn't this is the reason yes, why exactly. victims don't come out because it's like you're it's and also as women it's like it's like we're always troubling people by always. saying how we feel uh no you're not you know what it should be an inconvenience to everybody because you have a fucking psycho living among you and i mean i know and it was an inconvenience to you yeah in your childhood it was a way right. more than an inconvenience but <laughs> it's an inconvenient truth no and i and i know we talk about whatever and i and we had a very deep conversation about pedophilia and i i'm still a hundred percent behind my belief that we should not just like shut pedophiles in a room and be like you're a monster and we're not helping you but that being said i think i think if there's one reason why you say something and if if doing that for yourself is not enough say something because i think once you're a pedophile you're always a pedophile and he could be doing that to, to other child, people to his children to his children to other children to someone so just if you can't do it for yourself tell someone because you could be helping another kid not go through what you went through. How do you... And I think that's enough. Yeah, and I completely agree, but I'm I'm putting myself in her shoes, or trying to. I can never... I'm I'm so sorry this fucking happened to you, and it's, again, not your fault. You did nothing. This is just a horrible person taking advantage of a child. Right. How do you say... How do you be like, hey, boyfriend, so you know that guy you think is great? Mm -hmm. He molested me as a child for four years. I think that's exactly what you said. Oh, I guess that is what you said. No, I mean, like, not, yeah, it's just, No, you're right. This is, and I see, think, it's so funny, because it's like, how do I say this like this? And yeah. then, oh, just like that. That's what you happened. Said it. Don't, you don't need to build up too much. Obviously, you know, do it in a place with a, a, a safe space, a home where you can cry and, and do whatever you need to do. Yeah. It's, you're not inconveniencing everyone. And you're not ha- inconveniencing anybody. You have to tell him. You have to tell him. He's your sexual partner. He's someone who maybe is going to be your potential life mate. You got to tell him. It's so important. And and the sooner the better. And it would, always the sooner the better when it's when it's come to telling the important truth. And I would imagine, but I, I'm only saying this out of a guess, but I would imagine it would bring you closer and he would understand you more as a person and mm-hmm. you said you said you've moved on and you're fine and and that's amazing that's great a lot of people don't really they're not un, they're unable right. to kind of enjoy their lives but and their also relationships. some part of that it's like yeah you are okay i don't think you're a mess or anything's wrong with you but it's like it, you felt you quite honestly you felt the need to write two girls who you don't know we're the first people you told to this so it's like yeah you're you, you you're you're fine but you're still going through this this is still something yeah. that's affecting you when you and go through trauma you. when you go through trauma like that because i that's okay i've been through trauma and i talk i feel like i talk about this all my mom trying to kill herself while i was on the phone with well, her so we have running themes but uh i didn't deal with that until years later and 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 then i years and i mean still yeah 
I it it'll come out in a way, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what? And then I kind of end up tracing it back. I'm like, oh, so it's, a, it's just about uh, developing a self awareness about your emotional patterns and seeing, oh, can I do this? But I don't. Yeah. I just, I mean, it, it would help to it'll it'll lift an emotional weight off of your shoulders. I am so sorry you have to see this fucking. Yeah. Oh, well, that's I, that's and it's, that kills me. That too. Like, I feel like that's oh. a lot more common. That's a lot more coming because often a person who molested Man. you is someone who is either a close family friend or a relative yeah. or a relative. So common because they need to be in a place where it's not weird that this older person is around a very younger person. And where is the situation where that's going to happen? It's always at a family thing. And I have a personal friend whose I believe cousin molested him. He oh. told me this recently, and he's still and he's you know in his thirties, and he's still like I can't believe I. I fucking have to, you know, see this guy, and he, and he just recently, I believe, told his mother. So oh, this is wow. not. This is it's this a is common narrative, unfortunately. And we need, and that's why I wanted to read this because it's like we need to talk about this. This is not. You're not alone. This is no. happening a lot, and you need to tell someone. You need to t- also talk to a therapist. I mean, because you, you again, you said this. We're the first people you told, so that's great. And we're discussing it, and I'm sure this story is going to help a bunch a of lot other of people. people. Yeah, and that's wonderful. And thank and that's you for like, thank th- you for sharing that with that's us. That's a real example of like taking something real fucking shitty, yeah. and turning it into it's like how can you see the light at the end of this fucking shitty ass tunnel. No, my uncle and his when my friend's uncle's in. Oh. Um but yeah. So yeah, and I and I definitely would start with telling the boyfriend. That's gonna be because I think that's gonna be the easiest one to tell, honestly. Yeah. And then I you're gonna guess, work out. I guess. I mean, yeah. And I think you should tell your parents. This guy should yeah. not be fucking around yeah. people. I mean, I do too, but I I I I'm cautious about cuz it's like, well yeah. tell everyone like, no. come on, why don't you tell no, like, you don't it's not ri- easy. Yeah, and you know you don't want to just haphazardly rip apart your family. Yeah, so I know we're at Thanksgiving, right. by the way. Right. And I mean, I'm sure your cousin And you're not ripping apart your family. You're not. Well, ha- no, I mean like there there will be incidents because it's like um I mean like I think I'm sure you're Maybe I don't know what your cousin will say. Your cousin could come out and say something like, "Why didn't you tell me this before I married this guy?" Ugh. You know, but uh, no, it's uh, not. Nothing. Nothing is your fault. No, I know. It's all that, David's that's fault. Such a, that is such a. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, David's a real piece of shit. Um, that's such a unfair burden, though. Right. Like, because even if David now is a, you, yeah. you tell people and then they go, well, "Why didn't you tell?" Fuck. First of all, fuck you if that's your first response. Right. I I get that the human brain might go there, especially if the person's married. I mean, I I get it that your your inclination is to be selfish, but uh, just maybe be prepared for. I don't yeah, know. Do, when I say rip apart, I mean, does this have the potential to seriously affect your family and cause huge fights? Yes, because even though and it should, even though we know the right answer and everyone should be on your side you never know how people are going to react or how they're going to digest information like that yeah you just don't know yeah um so yeah talk to your boyfriend and then probably uh talk to a therapist before you talk to other people yeah because the th- i would imagine the therapist will really help you guide talking to your talking to your family members yeah. about it and also probably maybe doing it in the therapist's office where yeah. there's a middle party there who's on by you know what i mean Some, like, and there's a lot probably help a lot actually a lot of therapists who i'm sure specialize in molestation yeah rape kind of thing someone who really knows um, um thank you woman. so much for sharing your story with us you're beautiful girl and you're seem awesome from your email so i'm sorry that bullshit happened to you but uh well now, I, now we're gonna I, talk about i love you is that weird <laughs> i don't care um <laughs> i okay. never met you but i love you i love you <laughs> 
<laughs> well, your pet, I saw she sent me because a lot of people send us pictures, mm-hmm. and I love look. I love when people send us pictures. Right. And I looked at her pictures. And I was like, whoa, babe right. alert! I know you. Christine and I are big pervs. I know. I'm like, you're so hot. We just ask you to send pictures, can you, so we can like be like, oh yeah, that's so hot. <laughs> can you, be my friend? You're really hot. Um, <laughs> our guest this week, we have been wanting to come on for a very long. We've been time. asking this guy for like two years. He's amazing. <laughs> he is the king of kink. Dick, he's just... Kink and storytelling. And storytelling. He runs an amazing podcast that you all have to put in your roster, Risk Podcast. And you know him as a member of the very famous comedy group, The State, if you're old. <laughs> I do. I mean, yeah, you well, we're, we're they're old. amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin Allison. together thanks for stopping by well thank you so much for having me oh i am so excited to talk to you i've been wanting to talk to you about sex stuff for a long time i know you were one of the first people we we asked to be on the podcast and now it's almost two years later this is good this is good you waited till we were there you go top in the charts smart move absolutely way bigger (laughs) um so let's where do we start i have so many questions for you how old are you I am 45. 45. I'll be 46 in February. Oh, February I am definitely in that midlife crisis-y place. How so? Like, what are you feeling? Well, I'll tell you. I I recently gave up alcohol and pot and poppers. Poppers. So all three. Oh, we're familiar. All three. Yeah. I I had been... I I used to sniff poppers not just for sex, but for masturbation, too. Whoa. So, like, daily sniffing of those things. And and no one studies them. Right. Wait, tell us what a popper is. Because I relatively know. It makes your butthole loose for your butt. Everyone thinks that. Everyone thinks that. But what it really is, is that it gives you this warm, heady rush that makes you hornier. For some reason, it's like being... Getting a really good drunk buzz, a horny drunk buzz, Uh for just like 60 seconds. And where do I get one of those? Oh, they're at sex shops all over the place. But the thing oh, is, so they're is, legal. Oh, I thought it was well, like a yeah. What it is is they're they're called amyl nitrates or nitrites, but they're usually like you. You never, of course, the FDA is not <laughs> looking at what's in there. So God only knows what's actually in the. Oh. They used to sell them, calling them like video head cleaner or nail polish remover. Oh. So yeah, so it's it's shady and. <laughs> They say that they were so much better in the 70s. They called them poppers because they used to literally be those little things that you would have to break, snap, those little bars like of smelling salts that you would go... When someone passes wow. out. Yeah. Um, but now, like, for the longest time, we haven't known what they really are. When I came to New York in 1988, they were like, you know, five bucks. Now they're like 30 or 40 bucks for a little bottle. Oh. A- and they can be very addictive. I mean, I've talked to so many gay guys who are just like, yeah. I tell them, oh, I don't do that anymore, but you're, it's okay if you do them. I, I, I just won't partake. And they'll be like. Dude, I will never give up poppers. Oh, it's more common than I thought then. The yeah, all my it, gay friends do pop. Yeah, oh. the thing of it is, is that 
they're a little bit less common among the younger generation, which I know quite well, considering my taste. We'll get into that later. Amazing. Don't you worry. I have a few people I can introduce you to. But I think they're kind of psychologically addictive. And and what drove me crazy about it was I lose things, and a bottle of poppers gets lost in your comforter and bed sheets in two seconds flat. So the more addicted you are to them, the more you have to stop every couple of minutes during sex to say, where are the poppers? Where are the poppers? And you look like a total fucking uh, addict. Yeah. Oh so my gosh. It's very distracting from like kind of trying to be present with a person. Even when you're masturbating, do you, will you sniff them? Yeah, you sniff them. You sniff them. It, when you're masturbating, you have a lot more control because you're just like, eh, I'll just sniff it when I'm close. You know oh, what I mean? But when okay. you're having sex, like it, things are a little more yeah. unpredictable. There's another person there. <laughs> you gotta be considerate. Well, it's funny. I, I finally, uh, in January, I went to this website called Kink Aware Professionals. And... Hmm. To find myself a gay male therapist, I was like, look, I've had therapists before who were like horrified by some of my sexual habits and, and adventures. <laughs> I was like, no, I need to find a gay dude who is totally who on board it. with kinkiness. Right. So I found this guy and he said, you know, it sounds to me the way you're describing a lot of the sex that you're having, that you're really kind of having sex with alcohol and marijuana and poppers and the other person like doesn't even really have to be there right. that, I wish that's gonna be we, we need to isolate that and play that at the beginning of every episode that's like so important now that you what, said that what were your feelings when he said that where you're like yup or, oh yeah no uh, I was I was like oh god I never really thought of it that yeah, way but I felt on. like he had put his finger right on me yeah shit um, Good call on a gay right therapist. Right up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh my God. It's, if I, cause we're like not even five minutes in and I'm like, oh, I know why you're like very good friends with David Crabb. Like it's all oh, very, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I see why you guys mesh. Yeah, <laughs> David was in like one of the very first storytelling classes I taught and has been on risk a yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so then your therapist tells you, hey, stop with the substances because you're, it's taking you out of sex. Yeah. And, also, you know, it's funny because part of my job is to tell true stories about my sex life. And I've developed that persona of being uh, the guy who like people feel like they can tell stories on risk that are so much more honest and ballsy than what they would say on an NPR storytelling show mm -hmm. because I kind of set the bar by talking about, oh, hey, I just got whipped by someone who had my <laughs> shoes tied to my balls, you know? Um, and, and so I set that tone. But, but what I was having a hard time with was some of my fetishes got a little too weird and fucked up for me to feel like I was ready to talk about on the show. And I also just kind of started feeling like, um, I don't like, like sometimes you start to feel like, Oh, am I, am I living into a narrative? Like, it's so is this that, what I'm doing? Cause I think I should be doing right, it. And right. I love that yeah, lifestyle. And like, Oh, I've talked about all this before. It's like, what can I do to up the ante a little That's bit? That's why I stopped wearing high heels. So I'm like, I don't really want to wear these. Yeah, I just feel yeah, like I should. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck that. They're not comfortable. There are a lot of things that you have to like every couple of years stop and say, wait, 
I've really kind of fallen into the habit of yeah. doing things this way. Is this really what I like? You know, like a, a friend of mine said to me recently, have you ever tried monogamy? And I said, actually, <laughs> no, no, I have never, never tried in monogamy. the history of your life. No, not, not even my, high school. No, well, no. I mean, when I was when I was in fifth grade, I I, 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 I dated really a girl for like a week. Far back. That, that was your only monogamous one week record, Kevin Allison. Good for you. Wow. But my friend was like, "Well, that would be risky. That would be different for you." And I was like, "Yeah." But you know, that's something that I honestly don't think is like yeah. hardwired into my being. Uh huh. Um, but no. It, but just her saying that got me thinking. Okay. What like like for example, having sex without all those substances has been really new for me. And what I found is I'm not really having sex with total strangers so much anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like in this period of being like fragile and feeling like I, I want I, I want to play with people that I feel like oh I'm comfortable with you. Yeah. If it does if if something goes wrong, it won't make a difference because we both kind of love each other. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could you could almost enjoy it in the moment a little bit more, right? I would think. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It it's there there. I, I think men. I'm sure women, I think women probably feel like they have to be doing a performance like just when they walk out the goddamn fucking door. Yeah, a lot of that. But men, I think, like get really uptight about like the physical idea of, oh, I've got to have an erection the whole time and I've got to uh, get to, you know, there there can't be too much time wasted before we get to orgasm and all this stuff. And it, and it can really start to hang you up, yeah. you know? Uh, you you can forget that. No, you don't have to have an erection the whole time. Where did that idea ever even come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you like like I, some of the most fun that I've had in sex was kind of playful stuff where maybe we didn't even ha- end up having an orgasm. You know, yeah, right. just like hey, let's see what it feels like when I <laughs> drip hot wax on your balls. Yeah, how does it feel? <laughs> Oh my God! It feels <laughs> like a knife oh, that's... going through your balls. But are you like... into that? Oh, I totally yeah, love it. I feel I like love you are. That kind of pain. Now, yeah, do yeah. you absolutely <laughs> with the pain factor? I have like a thousand questions based on what you just said. With the pain factor, is it the anticipation of the pain? Oh my gosh, anticipation is—it's hot. Anticipation is so exciting. That's why you have so much of that thing going on in BDSM, where if one char- if one, if one character, if, oh, if, kinda, yeah. if one of the players is the dominant, it, it's it's often that guy's job to say you can't touch your dick. Right. You know what I and mean? And then it makes you go, oh, I want to touch my dick, right, though. Right, 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 right. Because yeah, that may and also blindfolding increases anticipation mm-hmm. crazily. Getting like, tied up, getting tied. Up. Steven one time was my boyfriend. He tied me up and blindfolded me like three years, like not that long ago. And it was the first time we ever done it. And I almost came before he even touched me. Oh, wow. Of that. And I was like, oh, I need to incorporate more anticipation stuff yeah. in sex because that I got off, almost got off without him just blowing on my vagina. Well, that's like, <laughs> yeah. nice. That's like hitting though, hitting in bed. I don't necessarily like getting hit. You know, right. it's the anticipation of getting hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a mania. I'm not like, oh, that feels so good. Like, right. It's so funny. It's 
all about context. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it really, I, I remember I did, I got tied up and whipped by a guy once at this kink camp that I went to. It was a later trip to this. I told the story Kevin Goes yeah. to Kink Camp on Risk on before. Risk. We can you guys link have, those together. <laughs> yeah. It's Kevin Goes to Kink Camp Part 1 and 2. You guys have to listen to it on iTunes. It's amazing. And I love Beyond it. Kink Camp is even crazier. Because oh, that's shit, when I, I start. There, I found a kink, I finally found a kink camp that is only gay men. Oh, okay. But it's an invite only thing because they don't want guys to show up and be weirded out by just how intense it gets. Right. <laughs> or just like people who are curious. Yeah, like yeah. you can go to a swingers club, you don't have to have sex. Yeah. They have yeah. to have like heard of you before, be like, oh, I heard of Kevin's pretty fucked up. Let's yeah, email right. him. <laughs> you probably got invited right away. You probably went on their website and then they just emailed you because they had your I did, IP see, address. Here's, here's one of my <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> One of my hangups is that my taste, my preferences are so specific. This is another thing that I'm talking to the therapist about. I have this attraction to Asian guys, right. and it tends to be for younger Asian guys, you know, for guys who are in their 20s. And that's such, I, I, you know, I didn't, when I was in my 20s, I didn't used to have such specific taste. Mm -hmm. I, they were kind of all over the map, any race, tall guys, short guys. It's it's become more and more like so specific. Do you think it's a fetish or a taste? Because um, you know how people are like Asian, like, you know, a oh, lot of white guys have Asian fetish. That's, that's a great, great point. I don't, I, I feel like it is a taste, you know, but I think it grew naturally in me because during my 20s and my 30s, I used to go to the gay sex clubs all the time. Mm -hmm. And when Giuliani came into office, they ruled that you couldn't have sex in the, in an, in, in the open in any room. Uh. So all the clubs had to create all these little closet sized rooms. So you would cruise around and take someone into a little closet sized room <laughs> or three people or four people in there. There's always a way to get around. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out, Giuliani. That's what America's about. You think you got past us. Nope. So I got so used to walking around and around and around those mazes past all these closet-sized rooms. It's very ironic, too. Okay, yeah, I know. Closet. Exactly. We gotta exactly. go in the closet. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but there was always like the white guys who would be kind of like snooty, mm. and and the black guys for some reason were just not interested in me. <laughs> I all my girlfriends who are redheads are, always say like black guys love them, and then the black guys I talk to, I'm like, is it true? Because my friend Melissa is a redhead, and she's like, well, it's so weird. It's like, and he, my friend was like, yeah, because they're rare. Like redheads are rare, and that's why we're into them. I don't know. The first, I think I must just give off. I, people assume when they see me uh, and and when they meet me, you know, like like we're meeting right now, like like people just assume that I'm kind of a midwestern, polite, friendly, bland sort of boy. Um, I, there, there's there's always a part of me that has to come out as being a freak, right? Oh, which yeah. is which is part of the reason that I created Risk as well. Like, like <laughs> I was gonna say, you're really getting the word out there, doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The whole community knows. We're all very aware. But one of the nice things about that is that on risk, people come out about everything. Like people will, someone will, like we just had someone on who told the story of like getting in a car wreck and accidentally killing three people. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Like, like people will go there Isn't, emotionally. It's mm -hmm. funny how being open about sex opens everything. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah. Because it's such an 
arbitrary. Like our all the hangups we have around sex and all the policing of what we can and can't say about sex is pretty fucking arbitrary. And when all of a sudden people like us come around and start just freely talking about it, mm-hmm. other people feel like, oh, I feel like you are a person I can tell about the molestation I experienced or that I tried to kill my mom. <laughs> that's absolutely true. And Someone we, tried to kill their mom? Yeah, like, that's Kevin. another amazing story. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, risk- guys, just turn off this podcast and go, go, <laughs> yeah, we'll go listen to Risk right now. I want to listen to that. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny what the floodgates that that opens. Oh my! God. So how do you op- how do you come out as kinky to a person who kind of is feeling you out? Like at a, either at a, I mean, I guess if you're at a gay sex club, it's already kind of yeah. given. Well, no, it's really interesting because you know there are so many gradations of different kinds of kinks. Like back in the day when I first came to New York, like in '88, before Giuliani and all. There were some kink clubs that would have specific nights for even shit like even shit like shit. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah, like poop yeah, yeah. on your chest? Yeah, while, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There would be a night for oh. scat. Um, oh, it's called scat. I forgot about that. So scat yeah. is, a, yes. is a jazz term and oh, yeah, shitting yeah. on chest. If you like Ella Fitzgerald, You'll come love. on over. It's funny because I don't like either scat. <laughs> you, <laughs> don't, thumb, you don't like at least Ella Fitzgerald? I, d- I <laughs> hate <laughs> scatting. I think it's, <laughs> um, it's, like, it's, the, it's the improv of singing, but like it's just a mess. Well, there's nothing worse than a bad scatter. Yeah, it's, it's like, and they keep it's going. And you're like, I don't you know. Stop. Yeah. Oh my God, it's a mess. So, <laughs> so when you're in the in the eighty in the eighty eight. Oh yeah, right, right, right. So, so there, there were like nights, there were scenes, there were particular bars where you knew it was going to be a more dominant, submissive sort of scene, or it was going to be like a filthy pig sort of p- people pissing on each other sort of scene. Yeah. Um, and then. Like, a lot of it just went private and underground and behind closed doors. And now, like, Bloomberg, you know, with the way that all the all the rents went up so yeah. high, even the regular, just, just vanilla, regular old neighborhood gay bars are closing. So everything's online now, which is why people were so pissed off about Rent Boy being uh, uh, arrested. The, uh, did you guys hear Rent about Boy. that? Yeah, Rent Boy was the website. Uh, oh, you rent like a clean, like someone to come over or no, something? You, Wait, no, no, I heard about it, this. You, you would rent it got a, shut down. Yes, you yeah. would rent a boy to come over and do whatever, oh, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So hundreds of thousands of customers. <laughs> I love how women, it's like, oh, we're hired to clean your house and they fuck you with Rent Boys. Just like, come on over and I'll fuck you. It's very... Out mm-hmm. in the open. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually do use a cleaning service right now where it's so funny. There was nothing like that on the on on the paper. Uh, it oh. was just regular old cleaning. But one of my boys who cleans the place one day just happened to be like cleaning. I was like, oh, he's pretty much wearing a thong while he's cleaning. I was like, wow, that's I like your uh your outfit there and he was like yeah I like to give a little something extra so at the end of the cleaning session I blew him Um, so you give a little something extra naturally Um, giving back to those who give I love New York me too but that's the thing it's like so yeah they shut down Rent Boy and that was a real real attack because if we can't have 
online spaces where we're hooking up with each other and mm-hmm. and all the filthy bars and now just the regular bars are closing. It's like, like a sex like, prohibition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 the thing about Rent Boy was, yes, obviously what was going on there was... Prostitution? Yeah, exactly. Illegal? Right, 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 right. <laughs> but you know what? Is Tinder prostitution? No, or do you right, pay for right, you, right? You you negotiate. I don't think prostitution makes me feel that. Bad. Something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It depends. Like I tell this the story on Risk also of the first time I tried prostitution. <laughs> I have yet Amazing. to tell about the second time because oh, tell us. Yeah, we need some sort of an exclusive here. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's going all over town, all these podcasts. He's like, about- I guess I'll give you that second time I tried prostitution story. I'll take it. Sad. Oh, it was so sad. The for you or him? Is, for for well, for both of us, actually. Oh, perfect. Because the thing of it is, is that in order to be a prostitute, you have to kind of like enjoy the the kind of role playing that you're doing there is a specific sort of dominant and submissive relationship that you enter into there even though the guy who's hiring you might want you to dominate him right. there's still ultimately a framework of right. yeah but I'm paying you you know what i mean so you have to kind of Enjoy that you're in that you're participating in a little bit of a con, right? Mm-hmm. That you're a little bit of a manipulator, almost like a but magician. That's hot. It is. It's got its hotness to it, but a lot of people just aren't cut out for it because you know, in this day and age, like like I said, I date a lot of really young guys, and a lot of re- really young guys in today's economy are like, "Fuck, I'm an artist. I don't know how to make money," and I would send them to Rent Boy. <laughs> Good, good friend. Really good. A good Looking friend, out. a Looking true out. artist, really contributing to New York. So <laughs> thankfully, you should never sign up for Big Brother's Big Sisters program. You would be horrible at that. I would. There's another story. No, very few Asians in that anyway. Yeah, they're, they're all doing well. well. Yeah. I was hired by one of those places to recruit people to be mentors for children. <laughs> And I lied and said I had done it before. Wow. What they, was, did you actually wanted to help the children, I guess? No, I just wanted money. Yeah. <laughs> I like your honesty. Don't they fingerprint you for that shit? I did well, Big Brothers Big the Sisters. Thing. I was okay. so stupid. The, the guy was like, me. I want to hire you. And I yeah. was like, and then he was like, and here's your drug test. Uh, <laughs> bye. I immediately realized I was like, oh my God, I have to make a list of all my friends who, who might have work. clean urine. Who don't do drugs? That's and a good I was thing like, to have. Yeah, they, section I, on your I, iPhone. I couldn't think of anyone. <laughs> hey, Grandma! I know I haven't seen you in a while, but I'm going to send you a package. Oh my god! But I did. I did think of a friend who I was <laughs> cater waitering with at that time. I was like, oh, oh, he's so straight and narrow. I'll ask him if I can borrow his pee. And <laughs> when he handed it to the first time he handed it to me, it was because the first time was a failure. The, the, all my stories are like the first time I right. tried. <laughs> You're a time. Cinderella. Story. There's a mini violin playing the second time. <laughs> but the first time he handed me his warm pee in a in a Ziploc baggie. Ziploc. It wasn't even a container. Well, I thought. See, That's I thought I, should, I thought I should keep it in a Ziploc bag so that I could put it in my taint while I walked <laughs> to the drug testing place. Wait, 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 wait! You can insert pee into yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, yes, bag. you can. No, you what? Oh, you can. No, guys, all the time do pee enemas. They'll they'll shoot, shoot pee, pee up their butt and then squirt butt. it back out at you. Wait, it just as a cruel joke. No, no, for fun. 
<laughs> what? Okay, shit. so this so, is gonna be two hours. So I'm you can time. so you can insert pee into yourself, but then oh, no, 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 no. But, but then you put the bag in this in your. That was like me hiding it. weed when I go to a Dave yeah. Matthews concert. Yes. Oh, okay. When, I just that's not usually my go-to hiding spot. The okay. urine has to be warm though, and it was a summer day, and I knew if I kept it in my, uh, uh, you know, in between my taint and my underwear, it would be sweaty. Yeah. Yes. Right. Why didn't you just put it in like your, your pocket or like put it in a tube up yeah, your butt? Because <laughs> the taint was more fun. Could have done that, Kevin. Did it break? What if the tube breaks? Well, no. What if the bag breaks? <laughs> exactly. The the woman, I get there, there's only one seat in the waiting room, and she's like, have a seat. Oh, and shit. I became so terrified because I was like, if I sit down, yeah, it'll break. Burst yeah. it, yeah. And it's going to look like you pissed yourself. So I went across the street to the, what is it? What's J.P. Morgan Library and <laughs> left my bag of pee floating in one of their toilets. It was so surreal. It was like a work of art because it was like there was pee in the toilet, but protected by a little plastic pillow. Beautiful. Yeah. So they had that and that the, the Gutenberg Whitney. Bible at that point. So did you use the pee, though, to give it to them? For the test? What? No, I went back and then got it in a test tube. But he said, don't put it up your butt because what if the test tube breaks? Uh... I gave it to the woman and she said, this is not the temperature of a human being. No Why don't way. you do it for real? So I went back in. I peed for real. Then I got so terrified because I had been on Fire Island the week before with all my gay friends. So I had like crystal meth and uh, special oh, K and so, LSD. It was an easy weekend. Yeah. I'm so impressed that you're alive. This is great. So anyway, I got so terrified that I decided, you know what? Kevin, you know what you're good at is honesty. You should call your boss and just be like, look, that test is going to come back a disaster. I just <laughs> I just thought I should be honest with you. And he like was every like, drug you've ever heard of. <laughs> I, I listed them. I didn't it's mean a cornucopia to <laughs> of, of mistakes, but fine. They just send the cops to your house. Like, they didn't even call you. Yeah, your result is handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only person that's gotten jailed from a piss test. <laughs> no, he said, that's so fascinating that you're saying that to me because I'm looking at the test oh! right now and it's completely negative. <gasps> what? All those I, drugs cancel themselves out? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Maybe they're so hard that they're not even testing that because they're like, this. they only like test for those at Rikers. Like they're just like testing for like the light things and you just went so <laughs> off the grid that they're like, oh, we weren't even looking for that. That's not even something we thought that you would. We were looking for marijuana. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were looking for if you ate a poppy seed bagel earlier today. You fucking have crystal meth in here. Damn. So, well, now kids, I'm the lesson we've learned, you can do meth and pass a piss test. There you go. So, I want to choose math. I want to hear about the second time prostitution oh. story that was so sad. Well, I oh, oh it was right. I, I, maybe I don't know if you guys are too young, but I was in the sketch comedy Hopefully. group called The State. Oh, I the, yeah, of course I know that, Kevin. I just want to famous. We wanna, I want to take a moment and let you know that my ex boyfriend, who may or may not have been the reason that I went off the edge and suggested to Christina that we talk to people about their sex lives explicitly, it's true. It's like fucking obsessed with you in the state so I kind Aww. of feel like I've had sex with you just because <laughs> I looked at a, a state uh, like a framed the state shirt so many times while having sex Aww. I just need to take a moment oh the state's one of my favorite yeah oh, we, know, we know we're familiar well when we were in did 92, you fuck Michael Ian Black was that your no, prostitute damn it oh no you know what in, he showed I, up you're I, like buddy you coulda I was really I'm really let you money. the only gay guy in there unless, right. unless they're all gonna, lying to this very day I was you know gonna what ask I mean? you that I'm like 
you're the are you the only one? You're I the only ne- one? I never had any sexual interaction with any of those guys. Okay. Or or her Bummer. I mean, they might have had like some they might have been in three ways with girlfriends and stuff like that. Uh, okay. But no, no, it was very I was it was very straight group, actually. Um, except for me. I was kind of the freak. But anyway, <laughs> I'd <after>, say <laughs> <laughs> You got that right. <laughs> In 92, we graduated. And we had been a, a sketch comedy group all through our NYU career together. And it took us a year to find to land a show on TV. To, not to finally. That's, I was going to say... <laughs> Don't rub it in. This is a really hard year for us. <laughs> it took us a whole year to get a TV show. Oh, my God. No, I didn't, I didn't mean to say it that way. It was ridiculously fortunate of us. Right. Um, but during, right before, you know, we, had, we had made a pilot for MTV, and we were waiting to hear if it was going to be picked up. And... We ended up waiting for like six months or something. It got ridiculous because people weren't allowed to take other work. uh, Uh, While you're waiting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was just, so everyone had to be doing survival jobs and whatever. And I'm just not cut out for almost anything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't say. (laughs) Except for like Fire Island drug rapes. Right, exactly. (laughs) So... I had no money for the rent, and I had this, you know, my my roommate was this super, super cute kid who actually used to get tied up and spanked by, I won't say who, but he has a very prominent role on a show called House of... Cards? Yes. Oh, I mean, God, that rumor has been going around forever. Thank you for confirming it here on Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut-shimmy podcast. Um, he actually, my friend was like, um, I might have to stop seeing him because when he whispers things in my ears, when he's got me tied up, it's terrifying. Anyway, so that's... that's <laughs> So wait, that's pretty scary. Imagine though. if we lost right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I, I always think about having like what it would must be like to have sex with him, and it's it's scary. <laughs> oh, I am so sexually attracted to who we're talking about. I, no, no, no. I know you are, and that's uh, why. And I don't want. I don't believe right. it. Shh, I don't want to believe it. <laughs> I am. I used to, he was one of the first people I masturbated to. Oh, I know. Probably Ralph Macchio for me, but not Karate Kid. It was the eight is enough. Okay, got it. My first crush was Davy Jones, but there was no masturbation. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, you don't masturbate to Davy Jones. You're not like British dudes. I always did. I don't know. He's so So your roommate's so scared about this person whispering in his ear to the point where it's scary? Well, he was actually more scared of the fact that I didn't have the goddamn rent. So one (laughs) night he said to me, he was like, Kev, people don't realize it, but, you know, prostitution can be a lot of fun. And I was like, what? Where does this? And I was like, oh, wait. That's how he makes his money. Because uh, I was always like, oh, where does Ray get the money from? Why is Ray always around? <laughs> he, he always orders in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they used to have hustler bars. And that's another thing that Giuliani shut down. They used to have hustler bars in New York where you'd go and there would be two types of clientele. There would be the guys who were like 22 years old and everyone looked like River Phoenix and oh. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else was like 60 and looked like bison. You know? 
<laughs> Amazing. Like everyone owned a bank. I wonder who's who. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got he Ray, my friend, told me like a few tips on like how to do it like they were very cute little like money before honey so were the younger guys the prostitutes yeah oh okay cool. the hustlers and the hustling that's nice that they had a one place where prostitutes can really go to hustle <laughs> yeah. without fucking anyone and then people without can go harassed. wanting to get a prostitute yeah. it's like picking a candy out of a candy box and you can negotiate everything but that's actually lovely. I was not good at it I was <laughs> terrible I got there the first night uh, I went home with a guy who we we literally he was so rude and weird and I was so unclear of what he wanted me to do and how much money he was going to give me <laughs> that we got into a shoving match in the back of the cab and he was trying to get my pants off in the cab and I was like I don't even know what's going on here I'm can, brand can you new wait? At this. can you wait <laughs> I'm one second. <laughs> This is my first night of prostituting, and I would really appreciate it if you just gave me a second, because I don't want to get a shovel up my ass for $5. That's not... Just give me a second to think about this. So I was so distraught because I came home penniless that night. And then no money. No. Oh, no. I, I, it was like he that guy just freaked me out. So, so I jumped left. out of the cab. Good for you. Yeah. OK. That was good. Makes so sense. I go back the next night. It was the place was called Rounds and it was so amazing. I know it, why you're a success now. You just got back on that horse. <laughs> you <laughs> did not let that almost rape deter you. <laughs> I'm wondering if the guys you were getting out of the cab like, no. <laughs> Um, the second night I was there and I just couldn't disguise the fact. I think that, you know, all the other guys were so sexy and they had these little gestures like with their like they they put their finger against their nose and stuff like, like that. Like an umpire? To, to each other. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. To be like, this one's mine, get away, you know, uh. or this one's cheap. Stay away oh, from him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Helpful things. So, and I, I felt so out of it. I was like, uh-huh. okay, not only is everyone, are all the hustlers so much better looking than me, but they know what they're doing and I just feel totally at, at a loss here. Uh-huh. So this kind of, oh, just very ordinary guy. This guy was probably mm, 48 years old or something like that. Uh-huh. Graying hair. Um, comes up to me and he's like, you're brand new at this, aren't you? And, and I, I, I still couldn't like hide it. I was like, yes, I am. He's like, no, no, I like that about oh. you. He's like, that, that, that's attractive to Ooh, me. That was this thing. He said, because you're not like jaded and a manipulator like all these other guys. And I was like, oh, wow, this is the opposite of last night. Yeah. You know, this guy seems nice. He's like, I'll tell you what. I'm visiting from Philadelphia. I'm a married man with a family. I'm really looking for like a companion to have living out of town to be my, he was looking for love basically that he could pay for. He said, I don't want to do anything tonight because I want you to go home and have some time to decide whether or not you really think you want to start something with me. I was like, Ooh, oh my gosh, okay. It's heavy. So I went home and and I was like, fuck this. I still need the fucking rent. <laughs> you went home and you realized, oh, that's right. Ray was tapping his foot. <laughs> so the third night I got together with this guy at his hotel and he had a six pack of beer and we sat down to talk. Now, here's the thing. 
I am one of those guys who was like attracted to guys who were in their 20s when I was in my 20s and then just never stopped being attracted to that kind of guy. Right. So this guy like I I wasn't going to be good. Ray was good at hustling because he loved older guys. Right. Um, Except, you know, if that guy happened to be whispering uh, creepy, creepy uh, president of the United States sort of. Would he say like I'm the president? Well, I mean that I'm the, I'm the that show wasn't on in at the time, right? But like, how crazy would that be? Like, I don't know what he's talking. And now Ray was like, "Oh, that's what he was predicted." Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. So we sit down and we start talking. And here's the thing: I have always been like a story, a storyteller, and a story like tell me your story. So at some point, he admitted that he had been in Vietnam, that he had served in the Vietnam War, and. I don't know. It, it was just a passing comment. And I was just like wanting to stall for anything before getting in bed because I was skeeved out about. How was Nam? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I started asking him all these questions about Vietnam. Let's get you in a really bad headspace so you won't want to fuck me and we'll, we'll be fine. It was ridiculous. I, I It was so dumb. But I can't blame I look back at myself with compassion because I just really didn't want to be there. I was uncomfortable. It just wasn't my thing. Right. Yeah. Because whenever you're in a place, when you're uncomfortable sexually, forget it. I mean, that's the worst. I mean, you yeah. So, so I kept asking about Vietnam. Did he have any scarring stories? Well, he was like a chaplain's assistant oh. or something. So he didn't see much fighting, but he saw a lot of the results. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oof. Okay, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, we went to bed, and I kind of just laid there. While he did all kinds of things to me. And in the morning, I woke up and there was, I think, $275 by the table. And this is like 1992. So that was pretty good. You felt like it was worth it. Did you fuck? No, no, there was no anal. And and in fact, I probably stipulated that. Mm. I probably stipulated that, you know, hey, let's keep it uh, pretty basic. Um, And in the morning, there was a note by the money that said, I'm in the diner. Come down and say hello. So I came down and I and he was like, I was like, well, how did you feel about how all that went? And he was like, was I good? Yeah, exactly. And he was like, you know, um, you kind of really ruined the mood for me with all the talk about (laughs) Vietnam. <laughs> and you were like, yes. We were like, what? How did that happen? Shit. So he sent me off and, and we weren't gonna Aww. we weren't gonna see each other anymore. But when I got home that day, I had well, I didn't have all the rent, but I had some money to put toward the rent. And there was a message on the machine machine saying the state had been picked up for series by MTV. <sighs> I blame MTV for all this shit. Yeah. Make you wait. Sorry. Make you wait six months. I gotta be a prostitute. Uh, yeah, MTV turned you into a prostitute. MTV exactly. forced Kevin Allison into prostitution. You heard it here, folks. Making wow. headlines. Now, questions about mon- you said you're you're not hardwired for monogamy. Yeah. When did you know that? Um, you know what it was is that I knew I was gay when I was. Literally, like it was like some of my first conscious thoughts that I liked boys' butts. Uh, <laughs> was your it, first word dick? Well, it's so funny because the the woman who lived next door, my parents were having a fiftieth anniversary, and so I, you know, saw her after many many years, and she was like, "Yeah, you were trying to get." <laughs> <laughs> 
We can, we can bleep that. it out. We'll bleep it out. Okay. Not a pro- uh, um, she said, you were trying to get um, my son out of his diapers when you were both just one years old. You <laughs> was a player. I wow. was. I was. Wow. Um, I made him show me his anus when we were five and got a total erection from it. You got you an, an erection, erection when you were five? Yeah. And be- he turned around and he was like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, were you like, yep, stroke, stroke, stroke. I'm like, you're like a you're a superhuman. You're the god of dicks. Oh my god, that's incredible. Um, so wait, wait, what was the question? Well, when you, oh, <laughs> how did you know that you weren't hardwired for monogamy? Mm-mm. Because I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, very Republican, very conservative, very Catholic. My parents were devout Catholics, um, and everyone I knew was a very devout Catholic. So I grew up terrified of the fact that I was gay. I, I I was around about when I was 11 years old. I remember I had finally determined that maybe I should go to a priest and confess this and go through some sort of exorcism or something like, you know what I mean? I mean, it yeah. was, it's just ridiculous. Well, you were desperate for like something of acceptance. I don't know. Yeah. And you know what was interesting? It was the 70s. So we would get Time magazine and stuff like that. And I would see like stuff about Harvey Milk or about mm. like about dance clubs in New York City. So I got this idea in my head when I was a kid. I was, was going like, to ask if you moved to New York because of that. Yeah, I was like, as, I, it's, I, I'll never forget it. There was a picture of a guy on a bar in New York City and you could see a lot of his thigh. And it was the sexiest thing I'd ever seen. At 11? You were 11? Uh, oh, no, this was when I was seven. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, 11, that's so young. I like oh, how it got worse. Shit. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go to New York as soon as I can. Like, as soon as I can get out of here, I'm going to New York. And indeed, when I turned, like, in high school, I became the guy that would help other guys out of the closet. Oh, I was going to say, you're yeah. like the expert at being gay at a, as a child. But I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride, because I had all that. <laughs> that a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had all that experience of feeling like an alien. Like, you know, it's very interesting. Like, feeling like an alien is both a curse and... A, a blessing like like you feel like oh i'm so different and and that's so difficult but i'm also so different and that's so fucking cool yeah, kind of. you know what i mean absolutely. yeah 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 once you learn to like oh this is a this is great this is actually an advantage you ride it and you do it, your you know, life becomes better the more homosexuality has become a- accepted by america the more i felt like you want oh. pussy <laughs> 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 I actually have tried it for the first time uh, at the age of 44, I guess. Really? Yeah. You yeah, liked with, it? With a trans guy. It was it was very, very interesting. So it was a trans guy with a vagina. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. we, I, I didn't, we didn't fuck, but I did, uh, I, ate him, I ate him out. But now I wonder, I? does a transgender person's pussy taste like a regular woman's pussy? How do you, like, well, how does, know. how do oh, the yeah, fluids, I don't know. do you want, can we put some in a jar? Yeah, can we do a <laughs> taste test? Yeah, because the hormones. I'm honestly really. It sounds silly, but I'm I'm curious. No, I think it's a great point because because building a pussy uh, in the when they talk about the making making a penis 
just so much easier. Oh, no, it's harder, actually. No, making a penis is harder, I think. Because right? I was watching some documentary about it, and they're like, building a penis is hard. Because the when you turn yeah, a penis into a vagina, you like just slice it open right. and flip it into like the flower. Yeah, yeah. For oh, okay. that was beautiful. <laughs> you flip it into a flower. I was flower. trying to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He had a prosthetic penis that mm-hmm. I sucked, and that was hot. Like, he was using it to kind of like skull fuck me. Huh, And nice. then he removed it, and he was like... You know, I'll bet you really. He he did not. Oh, that's call, fun. He called it his front hole, right? Because <laughs> poetic. <laughs> that's what I call mine too. Is it, yeah, that is you very touch gay, my man, front hole? isn't it? <laughs> bet you do. Hole. Wow. That, I'm gonna start saying front hole. Yeah. Well, Shakespeare called it the front bottom. <laughs> really? Oh. It does look like a little butt. Oh my god. God bless anything that looks like a butt. You know. <laughs> So did you it need taste? T-shirts how, that say that. How did you like the pussy? Uh, let's see. How did it taste? It tasted. It tasted kind of musky. And I'm, mm. that's very interesting that you say that because mm-hmm. I would because I would assume that the sweat and the whatever else due to all the hormones that he was taking uh-huh. uh, were different. Yeah. 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 They ha- yeah. they would have to be. Yeah. yeah. He was he was hairier down there than most women would allow themselves to be. You know. Right. Yeah. So now, hmm. are you top or bottom? Well, that's the thing. It's so bizarre to me because I've never really been into penis into anus. I know a lot of gay guys who aren't. I, I've always been obsessed with the butt. And my favorite thing to do is rim. Um, oh, I, yeah. So I've got this weird mix of... Uh, wanting to kind of conduct how things are going, so that's top-ish, right? Right. But also wanting to kind of get on my knees and like eat your butt and worship. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Like, like, like the 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 story beyond They're conflicting. Kink, yeah, yeah. The story beyond kink camp is about this situation where. I met this guy on FetLife, and mm-hmm. it was the first time I officially engaged in, this is officially going to be a dominant and submissive situation. We discussed the roles, you know. He was 25 years old, Chinese guy, um, <laughs> was going to a good, you know, really good New York college and everything like that. Obviously. And... Uh, he wanted to, he presented himself that he was going to be the boy and I was going to be the daddy. But as we started having phone conversations and texting back and forth, it was clear to me that, like, we kind of, it, was, it, it, was, it wasn't working out that, so that well. How, that's not how it was unfolding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With it your was conversation. Like, like there was something was that he more was, dominant? was not clicking. Uh, what happened was he finally had, after about five weeks of us talking over the phone and exchanging texts without ever meeting in person, he had his exams, his, uh, you know, uh, finals and, finals and everything. Mm-hmm. And he was so stressed out and he couldn't talk to me until Saturday at four. And Saturday at four, I called him and I was like, how do you feel, you know, now that you're done with your exams? And he was like, why don't you get down on your knees and I'll tell you. You know Ooh, what I mean? Wow. And all yes. of a sudden I was like, I got an instant direction on the phone. <laughs> I, I, I asked him if I could masturbate while we were talking. And he, at one point he even said, yeah, it's appropriate that you're down on your knees. Because right now China is making all of America suck its Wow. What a line. I I was like, what a line. Bringing international relations into the bedroom. I like it. Jesus. Very powerful. Romance is not dead. Not at all. 
Tell me more about the economy. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that's and sexy. I actually don't know if that's true. Like I don't me, pay yeah, enough attention. It. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the notion behind it. I don't fact check while I'm dirty talking. Like, it's fine. Whatever <laughs> you say. Whatever Google, you say. One second. Is the world flat? Great. My pussy's very wet right now. I get it. So anyway. So he said, he said, okay, now you're ready. So he had kind of been scheming this whole time to turn the tables on me. Oh, Chinese of him. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, listen, you're going to get emailed or not emailed. You're going to get texted some instructions of what to do tomorrow. And so the next day came and at like four o'clock in the afternoon, I get texted these instructions and they're, they're like, okay. You have to duct tape the uh, the the lock to the door of your apartment building, and you have to duct tape the the lock to the door of your apartment itself, so that a stranger can walk into your oh, building the and then thing yeah, and then walk into oh, the, your apartment. Okay, okay. Now, mind you. This is someone I've never met face to face, right? This is an online. How long have you been thing. talking? For about five weeks. Okay, so that's, yeah. you had this familiarity established, right? Right. A I, little. I, I, I had you seen a photo? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we, we'd shared photos. Okay, but you know, you can always send. Fake yeah, of photos. course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, he was like, "I want you naked and blindfolded and bowing on the floor like a supplicant before a king or something." Oh my god, you must have been so horny. Oh my, I'm god. so horny listening to this. Well, you know what? Happened? Talk about anticipation, Jesus! I had been texting a guy on Grinder about oh, five weeks earlier, right? Uh-huh. It was this super attractive black man who was we who knew a ton about um international cinema which is another thing i'm geeky about oh that's great <laughs> like classic cinema from europe um, poppers classic international cinema what don't you do so the two of us have been talking for the longest time and then i finally realized oh wait whenever it switches to sex talk i'm not interested in this guy uh, but yeah. when we talk about movies it's interesting so i was like you're well, friends yeah. Yeah, yeah, be my yeah. friend right 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 so i said i don't think this is going to work out and and he texted me back oh you're not going to get rid of me that easily mm. And so as I was blindfolded and on my hands and knees and just kind of waiting for him to show up, your brain starts to go weird places. Because I was like, God damn, the apartment is silenter than I've ever heard it before. Did I just hear a floor creak over there? And then all of a sudden I was thinking, Oh my God! Is someone breathing on this? Yeah, like you just almost start hallucinating. Oh my God! You can convince yourself. Yeah, your brain goes wild. And when he finally did step in, I'm like, I was like, Oh no, that's definitely a door closing. Like, how much time was it? Oh, it was about 20 minutes of me just bowing. That's a long, (laughs) a long time. I can't, I can't be quiet for 20 minutes, (laughs) let alone without eyesight. It was weird. And when when he kind of picked me up and like put my face in his crotch it was you're blindfolded yeah i'm okay. blindfolded and and it just smelt so musky and he felt really big and strong whereas this kid i'd been talking to was like so not asian five mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever yeah, and, right. Yeah, Tinier, like, right right <laughs> and Especially when I felt his cock up against my face, it was just like he felt huge, right? And I was all of a sudden like, "Is this the black 
time that I've been talking to about international cinema. Oh my god. No, was it? So what happened if was If this happened to a woman PS, oh. cops would be called. You're casually like SWAT yeah. team. By the way, this was the after president would call you. he had he had also tied my hands behind my back at that oh point. Oh my god. And he had put this this gimp mask on me that had these like uh different zippers at different places. Mm-hmm. So he he was calling what did he me. Sound like well, it's interesting because he did sound like the guy I'd been talking to on the phone. Okay, because right? I was so, gonna say you heard his voice before. Right, 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 right. So hello, Kevin. Uh, but sorry. but it was no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but he was just so I don't know uh, impressive to me. And I remember one thing that happened was. One, one time he walked past me and I grabbed onto his legs like uh, like I was grabbing on like for support. And I was like, why am I behaving this way? You know, the thing about role play is y- y- you sometimes don't know what's going to come out of you. At one point, he he sh- he said, look, I got to do some other things. Uh, why don't you just sniff my boot while I walk into the other room? And he shoved my face into his boot. And I, I, it felt like it, like a blankie, like a kid with a security blankie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it, I, there were, it was so confusing to me. Do I trust this guy? Do I not trust this guy? Is it the guy I have in mind or not? And then at one point, I got so freaked out because I was like, no, this is definitely, definitely a bigger, bigger man. And for some reason, I just thought that this was, it's so funny how race is is like such a thing for me. Mm -hmm. That's so loaded and weird. But I was like, no, I think this is that big, beautiful black guy that knows all about international cinema. Um, (laughs) So he felt that my energy got weird. He felt that all of a sudden I was becoming like, oh, yes, master, but my heart wasn't in it. Yeah, you're distracted by Yeah. So he said, I'm going to open one of these zippers so that you can see just a little bit. He opened a zipper and kind of pulled uh, a sliver away. And so I'm kind of like looking all around the room, seeing, oh, there's the light bulb in the ceiling. And then I look up and I see these Asian eyes there. And it was like all of a sudden this euphoria feel. I was like, oh, huh. that is, oh my God, I'm so in love. <laughs> and you've been together ever since? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. No. Like so wait, the, was he just like a huge Asian guy? No, he wasn't huge. Oh, all. he it just was, felt it was huge. All in my it was, head. You had that sight that you had that that twenty minutes of waiting. Yeah. Without vision freaked me out. And the anticipation, so sexual anticipation, but then it can t- turn at the drop of a dime of like, wait, what if? And you know what it became then? It became as if I was like I was bowing to the king of Siam or something, <laughs> or or you know like the young yeah. the young king, and. It made me feel like like part of what is going on in that power dynamic is that there's a part of me, I think, that sees Asian guys sometimes as like, oh, that guy must feel a little bit like a fish out of water. That guy must feel a little bit like... He doesn't fit in as well as everyone else. And and there's a part of me that feels like that reminds me of me as a as a boy, oh, right? Okay, yeah. And there's a part of me that wants to like 
bow down before that person and say, no, you're wonderful. You're magnificent, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a weird sort of taking care of my inner child. Yeah, I was going to say. Very deep. Wow. Yeah. Did your therapist point that out or did you figure that out? I don't even know if I could figure that out. No, I felt it in that moment. Oh, what a clarity. When he he started skull fucking me, actually. (laughs) What a moment of clarity. I threw up too. Um, that's uh, be be aware. Yeah, I get. I have a lot of need to drink water. For I get very thirsty that's when good. when I when I have when you're sex. getting when you're skull fucked. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that skull too. Fucked so, so you get very thirsty, but but then you threw up because you were yeah. thirsty. No, I threw up because you had, I had your had belly full of water. Me so much water. I kept uh, begging for water, and then he. Started, oh, because yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. like it was like a boxer. You can't. Right, you have right, to just right, like spit right. it out into a bowl or right. something. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. Give you know, spit it out. I'm no full bowl. of ideas. <laughs> have a little bowl. <laughs> what? What do you Please like? Let me know how that goes for you. <laughs> what do you like about getting skull fucked? Oh my god, there is because some... that's a kid. That's like a. I get it. I know. I and and, and it wasn't until that night. Huh. See what happened was that that's the thing. Sometimes you'll have an experience with a particular person and you're like, oh, this per-, like, for example, he he would he, he would shove his cock into the deep, deep part of my throat and I would start to gag. Mm-hmm. And then he like would I'd hear him go. Yeah. As he soon as it. he knew I was gagging and. Uh, then I'd feel his cock literally kind of jolt a little bit in my throat. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. his cock too was showing, I'm turned on that you just gagged. And so that made me in a submissive way be like, oh, I want to keep doing this mm-hmm. despite the fact that it feels weird and bad to my stomach and everything and yeah. like I might throw up. Feels good to your soul. Yeah. yeah. Well, you get so excited that they're so excited. Yeah. I, I get exactly I what you, you mean. When when I'm giving a blowjob and the cock goes bloop, I'm like, yeah, yeah. on the way. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? Like a blowjob is kind of like, it, sometimes I feel like you're... You're using your mouth to call to life this thing. You know what I mean? You're oh, like, yeah. You're like, like a snake charmer. A snake charmer. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It really is. Yeah. I like when I give a blowjob when the guy's completely soft. And yeah, you start yeah, yeah, starting yeah. soft is like, let's look at the progress we made. Like, you know what I mean? I love yeah, that. It was yeah, like yeah, such yeah. a turn on. Yeah. Although it can be frustrating, of course, if he doesn't. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Does that happen a lot with you? Um, well, you know, what do that, you do when that happens? I started having my own erectile uh, issues over the past few years and finally I just got Cialis which works wonderful. I was actually going to ask you I was like do you think there are amount of erections that you can get when it's like done because no, like there was a, obviously it's not true but like there was this episode of Sex in the City where like Kim Cattrall was like I've had all the orgasms I can have and then she was like paranoid that she couldn't have anymore so I was like oh yeah you, she took forever to come can you that. reach your your erection quota and then it's just like done you're well, done you know, you another thing I became very addicted to was not just the poppers but cock rings, right? Oh, uh, I want to try those. Especially the uh, the silicone ones that are kind of stretchy. Mm-hmm. They, they go on the base of your dick, right? Yeah, they go around your dick and your balls. Right? Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, and I also like ball stretchers. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh. I, I just like a lot of tension around there. Uh-huh. Uh, what it does is it, it helps keep the blood up in the cock and not going back out. Oh. Right, right. Um, but 
it's also a little bit of a strain on some of the whatever uh, biology and of the their way cock the flow, itself. the way everything yeah. flows. Yeah. And, yeah. So I think that a lot of guys who get really hooked on cock rings and like almost like like me, I mean, I I never I, I rarely consider having sex without one. Um, the more you you, you the more you rely on one of those, the right. more you're uh, probably dependent. yeah fucking your your stuff up. So were you starting to not be able to get erection with a cock ring on? And you're like, wait a second. Yeah, that's less not... less like like or just like the my erections were kind of not as big and bold and raging hard right. as they used to be. When guys when a guy has <laughs> not, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I when like a... how that was such an aside. You're like, yeah, my like huge boners with my like big old giant cock. It couldn't even fit in this room. I'd show you, but it couldn't even fit in this room. No, it's normal. Um, when a guy has erectile dysfunction, are you, are you, so obviously your, your penis isn't getting as hard or maybe not even hard at all, but are you still horny? Yeah. And that, see, that's the thing is that I think that porn also has a real effect on, or I mean, all I can speak for is guys, right? That, that porn nowadays is you you can look for such specific fetishistic material that you can kind of start going down a rabbit hole of being like oh no i would prefer to see this shape and size of a person doing this specific fetishistic thing and 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 they should be doing it like most of those like most of the porn you see online is just like 5 minute clips right mm-hmm. or 3 minute clips even um so i think the more you watch that kind of porn the more you get used to getting turned on by very specific things in very short amounts of time and if you bring that into the bedroom that's not good that you know same what? energy yeah you're right because when I watch porn I fast forward through all the bullshit at the beginning <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like me I think that affects my foreplay my my liking to foreplay because I always used to really like it but I feel like now I'm rushing more yeah because I'm rushing the like I wonder if that has anything to do with it well you know so I'm like just get to it <laughs> I I often feel like like when I have gone to kink camps before it's it's often like to watch other people play, <clears throat> especially people who are have either either are a couple or are a poly friends or something like that who have a little bit of a relationship with them. To watch some of the role playing play that people do, it's just a kick in the butt because it's like, oh, don't forget, there's such a variety. Like these people are playing at wrestling, and these people over here are playing like they're in a you know, D&D game or something. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's so much um, creativity that you see at places like that that I, I, I get a little exhausted thinking about it myself. I have what they call dominant anxiety, which is the feeling of, oh, God. Like, like there is someone that I see now that I pay, you uh-huh. know, mm-hmm. to, because... He's just so freaking beautiful, and I want him to do a very specific fetishistic thing with me, and um, it, it's just super, super comfortable. And right. I, I say to my therapist, okay, I can't have that be the only thing that, that you know, I have my friend come over, pay him a little bit. And, and this is one of those things that's, like, too out of line for you to talk about this fetish? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can only like it's. I can only speaking of anticipation. Like I can only imagine like what I, this is. I'll come back when my mother has died. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Please, because I really want to know. I'm like, what well, fingers you, crossed. Did you take your? 
a spatula. How old is she? And bake something in his ass. What are we looking at here, Kev? <laughs> She 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 breathing okay? Get or? a move on. I hope she lives a long and healthy life. Now, do you pay? Is this person a prostitute, or is it no, is just paying a, part just of the dominance? That, is it? Just or is a, it like, look, I'm asking you to do something yeah, ju- that deserves money. <laughs> ju- just a friend who who might be working for Rent Boy if Rent Boy hadn't been shut down. Oh, so, so that's great. And how, well, how do you how do you propose such a thing to your, to a friend? Yeah. Did you um, Facebook message you? Hey, quick question. Oh, um, no, no, no. You know what it was? Was that one night we were playing and I was like, can we do this really bizarre thing? And he was like, we were both drunk and he was like. Oh, so it's a friend that you had had sexual relations with. Oh, yeah, 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 with. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so I was like, can we do that again? And he was like, mm, it's not my thing. Like tiresome. Okay. Right, right, right. And I was like, oh, well, I'll pay you. And he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> works out for both of you. Uh, if any of my friends are listening, uh, I will also know. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I would I can imagine there's such a comfort level with that because it's like you I know you want to be here because you're interested in the money. Right. We also have a, some type of sexual chemistry. Yeah. So like you're getting a lot out of it. So like I don't feel bad. I'm keeping you here. But that's right? exactly what I what I've said to my therapist is during my just getting sober phase. This is a very comforting thing. However, I don't want to get so used to such a, a, a weird way of having sex, right. you know, with money involved and all that kind of thing, so that yeah, it's just I'm always afraid of becoming too limited in what I'm attracted to or into. The thing of it is, is that I had so much guilt and shame when I was a kid about being gay, mm-hmm. and I think that as an adult, I have this great desire to replay that guilt and shame. Mm. And since being gay is now no longer shameful at all, basically, I mean, unless you're in Kentucky. Kentucky. um, That I'm like, oh, okay. There's a part of my psyche that kind of wants to try even more fucked up things and get more and more worried about, oh, yeah, I'm really fucked up, aren't I? Oh, Okay, so that's interesting. Now, now, is that you falling into this role of like, I'm fucked up, I am fucked up, so I'm going to do these things that are fucked up because that's who I am? It's, you know what I think it is? I think that it's it's less of a kinky thing than I think it is like a Catholic thing. I think it's Uh. really like I'm like... There's no addiction. I'm not addicted to anything more so than feeling guilty, right? I want to. Interesting. I kind of want to be worried that I'm fucked up in some way. And I don't know that there's. There is a payoff in it. In, is, in the, is it sexually yeah, or the, in life? The, the, the payoff does come in that when you're having sex, you're like, this is fucked up. You know what I mean? Dirty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Do you say that every time you come? And they're like, Kevin, can you not... Just keep that to yourself. <laughs> if I was your therapist, I would I get would... so amped for our sessions. Oh. I would buy popcorn. I would get a six pack. I would be like, four o'clock, Kevin's coming. This is going to be the Sorry, best. Sorry, honey, I can't come to your soccer game. I have an appointment with Kevin. He, he, my therapist has listened to uh, various episodes of Risk. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't have time. Just listen to this episode. And he's like, okay. Does he yeah. still charge you? <laughs> no, no. He listens to it of his own enjoyment. Oh, good, good. good. Now, what if, where does... 
uh, love factor in? That's a good question. See, I was in a nine-year. One of we were talking about monogamy before. The first real boyfriend that I had, the first like actual relationship that I had was not until I was 31. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All through my 20s in New York, I was so used to going to sex clubs that I I was just terrified about socializing in gay bars. Yeah. I would go into a gay bar and my friends would be like, Kevin is so much fun when he arrives, but be aware, he'll only be here for about a half hour and then he'll head straight to some horrific club. Right. (laughs) Somebody's house. <laughs> or garage. Okay. Right, right. Some yeah. basement. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember there, there was a place called Wonder Bar on Avenue A, and they had a back room with no lights on, and it was it was it was a, <laughs> it's, it's so the utility the closet. <laughs> it was terrifying, but I would go back there. It's like you know, I could not stay in the front of the bar drinking for more than like twenty minutes before my friends would be like, "Kevin's gonna go to the back room." <laughs> And week after week, my wallet would get stolen back there. So one week I was like... That's why the lights aren't on. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, it's probably the bar itself. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Jose, go pickpocket real quick. They send the busboy back there. Go do your job. <laughs> um, but one week I was like, I have the answer. I got a Harley Davidson uh, uh, chain. chain thing that, that held my wallet on it. So I went to the back room that night and my friends were like, okay, he's prepared this time. But I came back and all I had was the chain. <laughs> the, the wallet itself. You had didn't been... feel a tug? You didn't feel tug tug well, chain? So many things were being tugged. Other things were being tugged. You know what's funny? <laughs> you God. spent your 20s kind of focusing on sex and debauch, sexual debauchery. And I feel like for well, a lot and of. Well, also, sh- you were like doing really well in comedy, too. Oh, <laughs> during that time. Like, side yeah. note. That's the side. When I wasn't getting fucked by strangers, I was so, a famous and comedian. A whole year for a show. Uh, but it's so interesting. And then in your thir- in your early thirties, you're like you finally had fell in love. Straight women, a lot of times, go about it the exact opposite. They're so focused on the love thing, and then in their thirties, I feel like from the people I've talked to, then they start finally having oh, good that's sex. Interesting. You mean you mean in their thirties, they like kind of like. They realize, like, why am I chasing the? I, there's some. I don't know whether it's you just want to switch. We just give up. Yeah. The, see, that's, that's honestly, yeah. I would guess because so. you're you're, 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 you're disappointed porn. so many times, and then you're like, and I, I finally like I, when I was like, younger, I would be like, oh, I can't believe people who like marry for possessions or things or someone just because they're wealthy, oh, and now yeah. I'm like, I totally get that. <laughs> I a hundred. I'm such a fool. How have I lived all my life? Right, right. Because look, yeah. yeah. Because look. For love is but you're, so... I could have a pool right yeah. now. I wonder I'm a how fucking dipshit. I wonder how different a straight women would be though if they focused on having good sex and seeking out orgasms in their twenties versus a relationship. Well, you know, it's weird because mm. I feel like gay guys that I talk to, especially nowadays, are in their twenties, are so focused on, oh my god, I've got to get married and have the white picket fence and everything. And I actually feel like mm. I felt because I didn't. In my 20s, I did not really conceive of and understand how well an open relationship could work or how I I didn't conceive of polyamory almost at all. You know what I mean? Right. It was when I was 31, I met 
Ariel, my who became my husband, and we we were about three weeks into the relationship. You know, I mean, brand new. Yeah. And he was like, "It seems like we might start to become a little bit more serious of a thing." He said, "If if so, I just want you to know that I'm an open relationship kind of person. I would prefer that this be an open relationship." And it turned out. I had never really even thought it because I hadn't had a relationship before. I hadn't really thought that through so much. Mm-hmm. But he was taking classes in feminism and, <laughs> and had learned about polyamory and open relationships. So I was like, well, yeah, that sounds good with me because I've spent my entire you know, life uh, with my face between strangers' asses in in rooms. Right, and I hope I you said it just that. like that. <laughs> and then our whole was like, I found the one. He went to Tiffany's, and instead of getting your initials in- ingrained on the towels, you just got that. So what we did was we did we we were falling in love, and we we decided okay, here's how the open relationship will work. We will regularly talk about it. We'll try to check in about it at least once a month. You know it what I meaning mean? Meaning your relationship it, or fucking other people? Yeah, yeah oh, the open relationship. Oh, okay. We, like we, you would tell other people, you would tell each other about the sexual exploits with oh, the other people? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We, we decided mm-hmm. that that before and after we should talk about th- these Ooh, things. Really? Okay. Um, Did that turn you on? Some uh, people get like cuckolding and stuff. Uh... Actually, it kind of did. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know that it did. No, it didn't for him because I would ask for more and more specific right. details and he would be like, right. all right, I get it. You know, as long as nothing unsafe happened. Right. Um, but w- what happened was we for a whole year, we actually didn't see anyone else. And and that, I think, is perfectly natural. I mean, like, even when if you're in love. Yeah. Even if you Dan decide, Savage recommends. Yeah. yeah. I, like when you're really getting to know someone that's that's great and then uh, but we had we knew that w- every few months we would talk about okay this is still a possibility we're uh-huh. going to talk if it does really come up and then about a year in he did something with someone in a sauna you know like a, a, at the Bat gym oh, okay yeah no, like at a New York sports club. <laughs> Definitely at a New York sports club. <laughs> and he called me right afterwards and he was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell you this happened and so we should really have the talk. And so we decided that, yeah, we would try to talk before if possible. Did you feel cheated on? I was going to say, is that cheating? Oh, no, 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 oh, okay. no. Because I was Because like, it had always I, been kind of on the table? It had always been on the table and I was okay. like, oh, okay, now we're, we're in this. And, and you okay. didn't set any hard rules of like, don't do anything without talking to me about it? Well, the, Yes, we had hard rules. The hard rules were no sex without a condom if you're going to go into anal territory, Uh which was kind of not an issue for me anyway. But uh, the other one was you should not start to have a romantic situation with someone. You should not be like having dinner, going to the movies, yada, yada. That would be polyamory. And that, you know, I I mean, in the future, maybe I could have that kind of relationship too. Mm -hmm. But, But I really still kind of feel like... No one major relationship. <laughs> yeah, that, it does. It does That's really exhausting. seem exhausting. How do those people get anything? I gotta done? text David. I gotta text Trevor. And I gotta text Ethan. Ugh. Because that's like the shitty part of a relationship is all that emotion. So it's like if you could just the open relationship. The beauty of it is you're dealing with one person's emotions and then a lot of people's genitals. Yeah. And that's yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, part. Yeah. Could you be emotionally like 
satisfying to each other in in a relationship like oh while God, still yeah. having that well, openness it, it, what was nice for me was that it was so for me it was so compartmentalized because i mm. i just decided well all right i'll just keep going to the sex clubs but i did it <laughs> business m- as usual <laughs> <laughs> and i'm back <laughs> <laughs> I did it a lot less often. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so so for me, it was just like purely kind of physical, fun, anonymous getting off. And then when I would have sex with Ariel, it was emotional. Yeah. It was a totally different kind of thing. So that was easy for a while. But then he started having some things with guys where it was clear that, you know, like, like, he would be spending like you know a better part of a weekend with someone or something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, like out of town or something like that and no. and I, I was still I was still okay with it because we were talking about it because because you there didn't was feel like this, no deception or exactly anything. as long as I'm I guess I'm not the jealous type as long as I feel like what we have is unique and we're totally Super hardcore. and number it. one too right. like you're my dude yeah, yeah exactly and my my, my main that. man yeah. yeah 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 so huh. so that. When, when you talk about re- love and relationships, we broke up in um, uh, 2010, right when I was beginning Risk. And well, I mean, did you get divorced? You said this was your husband? Yeah, we... we, we it's so funny. We broke up. <laughs> we, we, Legally broke up, so divorced. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious because we finally were like, we were so lazy about getting a divorce <laughs> because it costs like $500 or so. So we were like, oh, fuck that shit. And also there's so much paperwork for a goddamn really? divorce. Oh, you have to go through all of the these. The assets and stuff? Uh, oh, no. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Neither of us even owned you didn't anything. Even give a shit. Oh, right. So that's easy. That's, that's easy. No one wants anything. No, it's just, it's just to get an official divorce. You yeah. need all Damn. of it's these papers. So easy yeah. to get married. I know. It's very easy. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, we finally uh, put the papers in on the day that gay marriage was legalized. <laughs> Nice. Country. <laughs> nice. It was so Fuck funny. You. I was waiting in line and they were Fuck like, you. the news came out. I was like, oh In my line God. to get put That's divorce beautiful. papers. That's beautiful. Hey, land of the free, baby. Uh, but fortunately, we're still friends. Okay. Like, oh, that's good. Like, what, that was one of, when we did decide to break up, actually, I broke a cardinal rule uh. and he broke a cardinal rule. What happened was we were becoming more and more and more distant in uh, so many ways. Like like his career was taking him totally away from me. What, the, our, our, the friends that we had in common, we weren't seeing together anymore. Uh. I started Risk, which totally consumed me. I think he might have been a little bit... Um, well, he was definitely upset that Risk was making zero dollars when it first began, and, and, taking up all and your it time. was a full-time job for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was that is kind of unfair. I mean, there's no yeah. that it was my new baby, and I was just like, well, you have fuck to, it. you have yeah, to, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to commit to it. 
So um, what happened was I started going to the sex clubs a lot, right? <laughs> and, and, and he started not coming home a lot. Uh. And there was just clearly this cloud of, oh, it looks like we're not checking in as often mm. and, and having fa- our great... fade away. Yeah, we were Kinda. fading away. We yeah. were fading away. Uh. So one night... Out of frustration, because I think we had been kind of grumpy with each other, too, I went off to a sex club, and there was this beautiful Latino guy whose ass I would always eat when I got there. And <laughs> It's like, this- oh, Kevin, go to the buffet. <laughs> uh, go to the Latino man's ass. <laughs> and this guy, this guy would always beg me to fuck him, and I would say, no, 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 I'm, I'm just here to eat. I was going to say, only ass, because I'm a, I'm a gentleman. <laughs> But, I'm just here to eat. But oh, this time I was, I think I was stoned and poppered up and I was, you know, depressed about Ariel and yada yeah. yada. And, so that makes you want to escape it further. Yeah. And it's not even like me, but I did. I started fucking him oh. and without a condom, which was oh. absolute cardinal rule not to be done between yeah. me and And Ariel. also like... This is just some rando guy whose ass you eat. That's at, dangerous for you. At a, at a, did at you a, even know his name? <laughs> did you know his last name? No, it's the funniest thing. Guy, gay guys at sex clubs, oh boy. they want to be so anonymous uh, that they don't want to even speak, right? I asked geez. this guy for his number one night because uh-huh. I was like, I mean, we hook up so often at this goddamn club. Why don't we just do it at home Hook sometime? up in a bed. Right, yeah. exactly. Or if I get a coli out of the mouth, <laughs> I know who I'm calling. <laughs> who do I send the bill to? <laughs> so he said, I said, can I have your number? And he said, Oh, uh, it's in Spanish. <laughs> I was like, uh, and okay. I get it. And I'm gonna bow out gracefully. And I'm not even gonna fight you on that. That's kind of awesome that he said it. Um, so anyway, uh, so that night, I, I, I fucked him for about maybe thirty seconds okay. or a minute or something. And then did you I know the up. whole time you were like, Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. A part of me was like, this is acting out. This is weird. Mm-hmm. What is going on? So yeah. I pulled out and I, I was like, Kevin. Get your clothes on. Leave this fucking club. I get outside the club. It's raining out. I have my phone. I call Ariel and I confess to him right then and there. It's like three in the fucking morning. Right? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, God. Good old I, Catholic. I, I just have to tell you, I just fucked a guy without a condom at this club. There was a pause it's and like he sighed and home. he said, well, I've been seeing some <gasps> He one-upped your confession <laughs> in the rain. What a dick. The rain. Oh, awful. Oh. So we were like, uh, we were. We both said to each other, apparently we have to have a very big talk. You know what I mean? Jesus. So we started talking about, can we fix this or do we want to fix this, right? That's good adult. That's very that's adult. Because I feel like a lot of people don't ask themselves if they even want to fix it. They right. feel like they should. Right. Not mm-hmm. true. We we decided, I, I proposed that we should go to a marriage counselor regardless like like and and by the time we did sign up to go to a marriage counselor we had decided no we don't want to continue we do want to get divorced okay but we want to see a marriage counselor to like have some emotional it's just you need to get out because you don't want to carry any, any yeah, emotional yeah. To, weight up to, to that. like express ourselves and like feel some completion so healthy. So, oh my gosh i'm so impressed yeah um 
so we we went through that that situation, and I I we're still friends, but I there's you know Is there a there's, thing? there's well I just miss having it's it's so funny like I don't. I don't want to get back with Ariel. <laughs> you miss the comfort of him? But I miss, yes. I, yeah. I miss having a main man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I miss building a life with someone. And I'm, you know, I'm about to be 46 in February. So there is a part of me that's like, oh, God, yeah, yeah. I really, like, a part of me feels like a lot of the kinky, fetishistic stuff is like, distracting myself from the fact that, you know, what really matters is mm. just being open and meeting someone on the same page and like finding out what you have in common and being mm-hmm. flexible. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that comfort of like a team, you're my, you're my guy and yeah. you're like a team too. Yeah. So do you want that? Oh, I totally want yeah. that. I totally want that. How- but you, are you still working on the sex without drugs thing? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 right right now I'm day like uh, one yeah. thing at a day time. In the yeah. meantime, I'll pay this guy to Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Do something that the day your mother dies, I'm gonna go, I'm I'll so sorry, but like what you what he did. Um You'll be reading the uh, Cincinnati obituaries. <laughs> now I will. Thank you. Um yes. yeah, Kevin, you're a treat. Oh, we wanna have you this was amazing. We've been talking we went over an hour. I'm sorry. Aww. Hopefully I didn't know if you had somewhere else to go. Well, I mean he obviously no, has a place got, to go okay. a sex Absolutely. club. <laughs> Every night. Can you periscope Enrique it? Is there. So where can we find you online? Risk Podcast. Yes. Risk is at risk-show.com. And it's amazing stories that yes. you would never hear on they NPR. They are yes. amazing. Well, yes. told. the yes. art of storytelling is beautiful. And you, like, have perfected it. Oh, thank you really so have. much. You taught me storytelling. And, oh, thing. the Story Studio is also, uh, I, I teach it, too, at thestorystudio.org. Oh. Oh, so cool. if you guys want to learn how to tell your own pop or story, Stories, yeah. Please sign up there. <laughs> you too can get taught by the best. <laughs> Are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at the Kevin Allison. The Kevin Allison. Pop, awesome. Pop your popper pop your... cherry popping story. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down, Kevin Allison. Pop yeah, cherry story. Don't get those things up your nose. They can't explode. <laughs> oh, every now and then. I've never done them, but I kind of want to try. YOLO? I don't know. Some people get headaches from them. And, oh, you know, I kind of I wish I was that. Yeah, like, you don't want to, like, oh. Like, headaches well, really kill my a, boner. It could be a good thing, though, because you could be like, oh, good. I never have to do that yeah. again. That's like after I tried Coke. I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. So. And now you know. Now, now, once you know, <laughs> oh you know. Oh, my gosh. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> guys, this has been Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut-shaming podcast. We will talk to you next week. Stop your messing around.